0: Welcome to University College's podcast, I Do Declare, the podcast that offers unique academic and experiential insights from the people who put the major in exploration. Welcome back. I'm joined by Dr. Enza Antonos. Uh, assistant Professor in World Languages and Cultures in Humanities and Social Sciences. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so glad you could make it.
1: I'm really excited to be here. So thanks for this opportunity. Sure. And I just wanted to add that I'm also the Director of Language, Business, and Culture. Here and we I go. Th- and that's going to be, I think, our focus for today.
0: Beautiful. Okay, great. So let's get into it. Uh, considering our audience is exploring majors, it's always helpful to know our guest's educational background. So what disciplines did you earn your degrees in? And what drew you to study those areas?
1: Well, I'm going to preface this by saying Mm -hmm. that I'm Canadian. Wow. I was born and raised in Canada. And basically that means that um, since my birth, um, multiculturalism and multilingualism has played a big part of who I am. Mm. uh, this also means that my Canadian university experience was different than the university experience of our students here at Montclair State mm-hmm. um, in terms of both the education system as well as society in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to university with the intention of going to law school. Okay. But when I got to university, um, there were so many options available for me that I thought that if I went to law school, I would be really limited. And what I would be studying. Um, So I ended up meeting a wonderful professor in my junior year. Okay. And with her guidance, I ended up declaring a double major in French and Italian. Wow. And then I decided to pursue a master's in Romance Studies. Okay. Which compared all the Romance languages. Mm -hmm. And I was like a linguist, so it was really scientific and it was a lot of fun for me.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And then finally... I met a professor who was exploring the use of technology in language education, mm-hmm. and I think that convinced me to continue with my doctorate, and I got all three degrees at the University of Toronto.
0: Oh, wow. No kidding. And uh, it seemed throughout the, your story here that you've had mentors along the way. And were those individuals that you pursued, or was it happenstance? Maybe you just came across them?
1: Um, they were actually my um professors in my classes. Okay. And um, when I was studying with them, I was interested in not only the content, but the way in which they approached the content. Mm -hmm. And so I was excited to explore what um, different research areas they had. Mm -hmm. And I made every attempt to get involved with their research.
0: (laughs) Sure. And I think, isn't that um, so much about anyone's personal development, their professional development? Um, I guess what we're trying to say is make sure you rub elbows with faculty, get to know them. If you're enjoying their class, even if you're not, get to get to know them because the the relationship itself can add to a student's personal development and going forward.
1: Uh, completely agree. Um, I do I do give my professors credit, and I still do to this day because I mm-hmm. still have relationships with them now, twenty years after the fact. Wow! And I I see them at conferences, mm-hmm. and we communicate. Via email, and it's really important um, to continue to nourish um, those relationships.
0: Yeah, a um, guy I'd done the pr- podcast with previously, Jeff Pulos, it was terrific at cultivating relationships and mentors. And I think it must be so interesting for you to have had uh, professors who are mentors, but now colleagues. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Exactly. And um, I, like I said, I I always um, am very grateful to them for what they opened up for me. And I, in turn, now try to do that with my students and Mm -hmm. I nurture relationships with them as well. And the nice thing is I've been here at Montclair State for 18 years. Okay. And I still have, um, I still communicate with and I've built relationships with my students from my very first year in 2004. It's amazing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The fellowship. The camaraderie. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: So if I look at, and if we look at in general, what students are interested in, you know, some students are investigative, so they might like science and math. Some students are enterprising. They might like school of business. Uh, What kind of students tend to gravitate to world languages and cultures?
1: Um, This program was created um, from two different Schools, as you know, Mm -hmm. it's from the College of Humanities and the Feliciano School of Business. Mm -hmm. And we created it for students who were interested in language, but didn't want to be language teachers, right? Because there was that mindset that they were either going to become language teachers or they were going to uh, continue with uh, doctorates in a certain language. And we had students who said, well, you know, that's really not my cup of tea. Um, So we said, well, how about using those practical skills? Mm -hmm. Um, So how about using the language skills in in a practical business environment because we have over 65 Italian businesses with their headquarters in New Jersey.
0: Oh, wow. I didn't know that.
1: Yeah. It's really exciting to know that, you know, Ferrari's headquarters for North America are in Englewood um, or (laughs) Ferrero Rocher's, um, sorry, Ferrero North America's uh, headquarters are in Morristown. Fascinating. So we have all these wonderful Italian businesses. And we said, let's try to connect our students to these businesses. And let's show our students that Italian languages and cultures Mm -hmm. are very fundamental for um, uh, business in in New Jersey, right here at home.
0: Absolutely. So students who might be interested in this major... They don't. Ne- they enjoy culture. They enjoy language, but don't not necessarily want to be language teachers. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. exactly.
1: And from the Feliciano School of Business, it was um, students who liked business, but really didn't want those technical aspects of it um, to mm-hmm. the degree that they wanted to be accountants mm-hmm. or special uh, specialize in economics. Um, mm-hmm. So they were probably students who were like international business, international marketing, and they were looking for something that connected language and. Um, you know, we want them to hone their language skills as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So it connected culture with language and what they were interested in.
0: So in terms of employment prospects, graduates from your your neck of the woods, your college, um, what do they tend to look at? I would think business in some ways. And you talked about the number of Italian-based headquarters as well.
1: Um, So uh, the employment prospects are... Limitless, if you ask me, because we have all these businesses. Um, So in total, New Jersey houses 225 foreign companies. Wow. Um, And this I know through Choose New Jersey, which is the government agency that um, attracts foreign businesses to New Jersey. Um, But we also have a lot of students who say, you know, I want to have an international career. I want to be able to travel for my career. I want to be able to have um, Mm. opportunities to explore Uh, the businesses, but in other countries. So we have a lot of American companies that have um, headquarters around the world. And I think one of the things that uh, former Dean Kant from the School of Business used to say is there's no such thing as a local business anymore. Even the internet makes everything international. Love it. So we hopefully provide students with those essential skills that they need in order to participate in this global economy. And, you know, things like problem solving, mm-hmm. adapting to culturally diverse work environments, um, to be able to work with different cultures, teamwork, mm-hmm. um, communication skills, intercultural competence, and, of course, relationship building. Because, mm-hmm. um, as we all know, when we're working with a group or we're working anywhere, even here at the university, we need to be able to forge new relationships and um, be able to work well within those uh Sorry, be able to work well within mm-hmm. um, those uh, relationships um, with
0: others. Sure. Absolutely. And those who, as you've indicated, have a thirst for not only culture, but seeing a little bit more about the world out there.
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah. Beautiful. Uh, so given your role in uh, the College of Humanities and Social Sciences, uh, what, are your some, what are some of your areas of research
1: Um, Well, since the inception of language, business, and culture, the Mm -hmm. major, in 2019, uh, I've really spent a lot of time dedicating myself to language and business. Mm -hmm. Um, So um, the culture, the the major has a capstone course, which is offered in the senior year, and I've taught it now a number of different times. Mm -hmm. And that has really opened up a wealth of new knowledge for me. Mm-hmm. and um, I'm excited to s- explore the different areas um, that relate to the role of language in business context mm-hmm. um, and this is particularly important now because through the pandemic we've also seen um, a rise in our sensitivity to diversity equity and inclusion absolutely um so when we do when we consider those aspects within the big picture of, um, the business world, we always have to also consider that in terms of diversity, we're talking about linguistic diversity Mm -hmm. and cultural diversity. Um, And so um, Mm -hmm. in terms of my own research area, building off of those, um, I was very interested in um, a theory – Mm-hmm. An approach. I was very interested in an approach that was um, developed by Erin Mayer, and she is in France. She's an American who now works in France at an institu- institute called INSAID. Mm-hmm. And she developed this approach um, to looking at business relationships called the Culture Map. Okay. And what the Culture Map does is it has these eight scales um, for identifying communication in business environments where different cultures Mm -hmm. react differently to different styles and approaches. I see. Um, So this is something relatively new um, when we're looking at business management and communication. Um, So I'd like to explore that um, because one of the things she does is she presents the business side of it really well, but she decouples language. Okay. Okay. And I think it's essential that when we're talking about cultures, if the culture has a different language that's attached to it, that we reconnect the language and the cultural aspects of it. Okay. Um, So that's one of the areas that I'm exploring is looking at her culture scales and reconnecting it with the language that is inherent. Um, So for example, um, if -hmm. you're in France doing business, which is where she's located, if you don't know French, um, and you don't have a member of your team in the business that knows French, you are going to miss so many of the nuances mm-hmm. that could help you um, be successful in creating a business relationship with a French company.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so she doesn't address those aspects in her approach in her book, but um, I would like to explore that further.
0: Sure. Yeah, and I know I'm, um, you know, taking sort of an elementary. Look at it, but to decouple the language is almost like trying to make the bed without the sheets.
1: A lot of people um, don't see it that way, but I completely agree with you. Okay. Yeah. A lot of people think that, um, you know, uh, my colleagues in the the School of Business do an amazing job teaching a cross-cultural communication course. Mm -hmm. But the fact that they don't consider the linguistic aspect of it— um I think for um a number of our students when they actually go out there into the international market feel a little bit of a disadvantage and have to start from scratch with language learning. Okay.
0: Okay. So a number of implications yeah. going forward. Absolutely.
1: And okay. then another area of interest, which is really um something that I've looked at uh quite carefully, and I'm actually um preparing a, an article in this regard mm-hmm. talks about um The L'Oreal True Match campaign, which is more marketing and advertising. Um, And uh, last year, I had the creative director of that campaign here on campus virtually – And um, why did I have her here? Well, because she was the very first person in the cosmetics business that talked about diversity, equity, and inclusion Mm. with this True Match Foundation. And it sounds very banal, but it was very significant Mm -hmm. because L'Oreal was the very first company that addressed different skin tones. And they created a foundation that matched, for example, um, 97% of the skin tones of the the of the people, not just women, but mm-hmm. people in general who wanted to use this foundation, 97% of the UK population mm. of skin tones. So even though the skin tones, these people represented perhaps 5 to 7% of the population, um, L'Oreal created matches for at least 97% of them. Wow. So it was a great strategy um, and marketing technique. And then it became so popular that um, all the different markets worldwide mm-hmm. – adapted and localized the campaigns. Um, So this is something, this is an article that I'm working on currently, and it's really exciting to just see how it unfolded on a global level, Mm -hmm. linguistically, culturally, embracing diversity at all levels.
0: Talking about equity and inclusion. Absolutely. Uh, I wonder if you would speak briefly about a recent event of yours uh, with Luis Maldonado, uh, language and culture matter in marketing.
1: Oh, that was – I was so excited to get Lewis here to campus. And that came out of a, um, a course that I took through the um, Advertising National Association Educational Foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a visiting professor program in which I was involved during the pandemic. And from that um, from that connection, um, I was able to participate um, in the campus speaker program, which brought Lewis Maldonado to campus. Mm-hmm. And Lewis is a living, breathing example of how exciting um, multilingualism and multiculturalism is here in New Jersey. In New he York, he was terrific, and he was very vibrant. And his um, his agency produced some epic um, mm-hmm. advertisements um, for the pandemic, post pandemic, pre pandemic. I think um, what he was telling us about uh, the Latino community mm-hmm. here in New Jersey. Um, and New York, or the greater New York area, was significant um, in terms of uh, how to be successful with diversity, equity,
0: and inclusion. Wonderful. I was lucky enough to attend the event. It was fascinating. Thank you.
1: I'm glad you enjoyed it.
0: So this podcast audience, Dr. Antonos, is primarily pre-major freshmen and sophomores. Um, Knowing what you know now, what advice would you give yourself as a freshman or sophomore?
1: Well, I think that <laughs> loops back to our very first question, mm-hmm. and that is that building a relationship with your professors. Mm-hmm. So, I know a lot of freshmen and sophomores are going through the general education courses um, or the language requirement um, for graduation, and they're thinking, "Why do I need to be here?" Um, I think that's a question that you should really broach with your with your professor. Sure personalize the learning experience in a general education course or the language requirement course so that you understand what it could mean to you now as a student and in your future for your career. I think building relationships with your professor is um, of utmost importance. Mm. And even if it's not a long-term relationship, just getting to understand how the content of that course will work in – in in developing you as a whole person um, and the other thing is be curious about your classes mm-hmm. um s- Speak to your classmates, be really involved, not only in the in-class component, but in the extracurricular uh, activities as well. Montclair State is so rich with opportunities. You have guest speakers, Mm -hmm. you have clubs, you have different opportunities to understand what the content of your course means outside of the classroom. So just embrace that and be curious and don't ever stop
0: learning. Wonderful. Absolutely. Fantastic advice. Dr. Antonos, thank you so much for coming in today.
1: Thank you for this opportunity. And freshmen and sophomores, if you're interested in learning more about language, business, and culture, shout me out. I'm at lbc at montclair.edu.
0: You heard it here, everyone. Uh, I also want to thank the College of the Arts students for their mixing and editing prowess, as well as the all-knowing and powerful Annabella Poland, GM for WMSE. Thanks for listening.